love, that ever-flowing liquid fire of life, ever-expanding and illuminating truth, which is always revealed with wisdom, a spiritual nutrient necessary for vitality that is maintained through selflessness, a filter of ether that aids purity, which is love. Love, a limitless paper lantern floating into infinity on the intentions and actions of initiates of the mysteries. All right, welcome everybody. We have a special guest with us today. We have Callie Jean Fox Blake. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you doing, Callie? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Excited. Well, wow, awesome. Yeah, as I told you, I was like every emotion today, so that's how I'm doing. I'm a uh, train wreck, but I'm surviving. <laughs> so, yeah, the most beautiful, entertaining train wreck, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that 311 song, Beautiful Disaster. Yes. <laughs> um, very first question, what are you grateful for? I am grateful for given being given the human experience because right now where I am I'm very happy that I am experiencing all of this and even though I'm you know I or someone else maybe in the middle of like a really hard time just the fact that you were given the gift to be put on this earth to live this experience to learn all of these lessons and then take it back to your higher self later mm. and I just think that's such a gift that is. That's really actually something I needed to be reminded of today. Um, so I'm grateful that you were able to share that with me. You're welcome. It wasn't me. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it, but I heard it from you. I'm going to give you credit. Source, okay. I don't understand. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Um, what quotes do you feel most moved by? They have to be quotey quotes, not stuff from art. I'm just joking. Oh, bummer. So I guess this <laughs> random input from an article I was reading a month ago that I screenshotted off my phone won't work too well. <laughs> All right. But yes, like I said, I'm not sure the original author of this, but this little phrase just really stuck with me and I'm about to read it for you right now. And here it is, as I put it off a little longer. Okay. As I began to love myself, I found that anguish and emotional suffering are only warning signs that I was living against my own truth. Today, I know this is authenticity. Mm, that's very beautiful. I really like it. Yes. I was like, ah, love it. <laughs> um, do you have one more? Um, I could make up a quote for myself and then that could be quoted for future generations. There you go. Yeah, we'll do the trickle-down effect. You'll start a, a movement with your quote. <laughs> Virtual quotes. Here we go. Um, I guess if I were to put my words into quotations, it would be to love yourself, the good parts, the bad parts, the ugly parts, the beautiful parts. Love every part of yourself as if it were the last time you were able to love it. Oh, wow. That's really, really awesome. That's something else I, I needed know. to hear today. I can't believe that came out of my mouth like that. Wow. <laughs> uh, that was perfect. Um, I might even have to put that on a quote card. Oh, I knew it would happen. Yes. See, you're already going to be quoted. <laughs> you're like you're one step closer to being famous. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like I'm the arbiter of fame. <laughs> like if I put you on a quote card, you're going places now. <laughs> I won't forget you, Ross. I won't forget you. <laughs> <laughs> um, could you explain who you are and what you do? Um, on a on a physical level, or more of like an emotional level. On whatever level you feel compelled to, uh, you can do both. Or okay, your direction. So physically, I am an artist. I am a lover. I am. I don't know. I am just a light. Emotionally, I try to be probably a little more than I should. I try to be a sponge for other people's emotions, which I am now learning that. Um as beautiful as a gift that may be, it is going to drag you down in the long run. And so my goal is to eventually learn how to deal with um, being able to kind of channel other people's emotions away from them in a healthy way that isn't going to bring me down, but it's also going to like bring me and humanity and the rest of this existence up. Mm. I dig it. <laughs> Did that make sense? Or was that just like a big like no, I word get it. cloud? <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. Okay. I, I like speak and think in riddles and like giant jumbles of stuff. And I think that was very clear. So I, I get it. Perfect. <laughs> um, did you feel like you were different than others as a kid? Oh, wow. I'm glad you asked this question. Like not in a, uh, in, a in the most humble way possible. I've always felt a little different yes I have always been kind of to the beat of my own drum and I always was very imaginative as a little girl I would always like be daydreaming or thinking about something and this and that not paying attention to what I was doing but I always like just had an, a knowing in myself that I was going to like be doing something really big someday and something that's going to like really really help and make a really big impact on people in their lives and uh we're still seeing how that's going but I think <laughs> one person at a time I'm lightening up the world just a little bit you know yeah definitely. there you go I mean and on this too I mean obviously I don't have like a, a massive audience but you are going to reach people and some of your experiences will hit ears that you wouldn't have been able to before so you can have that whole ripple effect where you say something that resonates with somebody on here it touches somebody else and then Often to infinity goes the silent legacy of yeah. Callie Jean Fox Blake. <laughs> yes, there it goes. That sounds Often like a sunset. sounds like a bandit almost. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, when did you first notice that you were different, and like in what instance? Um, the first time I kind of really realized that. I was like, I don't even know, just I'm more aware of like other people's emotions was when I was younger. And I would always be really sad and I would have no idea why. And I would just be all of these ranges of emotions. And even into my high school years, I just remember I would be just so depressed and sad. And I was never able to put my finger on why I was sad. My parents would continually be like, Kelly, what's what's wrong? Why are you sad? Why are you feeling this way? And I would always say, I don't know. They never believed me. They're like, you're just not talking. I'm like, I know, I really don't know why I'm so sad. And even through therapy, you know, I would like try to pin the sadness on like 
something that was going on in my life. But in a way, I knew that it wasn't my sadness that I was feeling. I was like feeling other people's emotions. And when I really, when the thing really clicked for me, it was about five years ago. I was like 20 years old. And um, I worked in not the best place ever. I was an exotic dancer for a while. And that's just a really hard place for a sensitive person to be. And um, so that is where it really kind of started to make sense because I could like feel every person that was coming in and it was a terrible feeling. There was no good feelings there at all. So um, eventually I left that. And then as I started to become more aware of this, it's almost like I'm able to sense where it's coming from. So I may feel sad. It's a little easier for me to deal with it now, knowing it's not my own sadness. I'm not trying to figure out where it's coming from. I can just be like, it's sadness. Let it go. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I couldn't imagine being an empath and being in that like work environment that you were talking about. I used to go to those places like, um, and just where I was at in my mind and how fucked up I was and how lonely I was. And then like to project that and like absorb that energy from so many different people. And then like them having all the wrong intentions about everything and that mm -hmm. mindset, Holy fuck. That had to be like, that yes. had to be horrible. It was a really terrible time. And you know, that was a time where I really wasn't quite a hundred percent sure of like how to deal and you know there was some substance abuse at that time in my life because I wasn't sure how to deal with all these emotions I didn't even know where they were coming from so it was just generally a very um unhealthy emotional time in my life but if I didn't have that time I also wouldn't be here right now where I am absolutely yeah you need shit and storms for flowers to grow <laughs> that's so true <laughs> Not the most eloquent quote I've come up with, but it's <laughs> probably the most real one. Card and set it out to the internet. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any odd experiences you are willing to discuss? Hmm. Yes, I actually have been really very intrigued um, when you brought up that whole psychosis thing. And um, I don't know, I've been thinking about it and I really wouldn't mind sharing my situation on here because it was a very profound experience. And I don't know, maybe it's a little earlier than you thought, but I'm ready to go ahead and just talk about that. If that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Go right ahead. Yeah. So um, I'm a typically healthy person, I would say. I, you know, I don't really have any history of mental illness or anything in my family. And, um, but a couple years ago, I was diagnosed with epilepsy and I would like drop to the floor, have violent convulsions, you know, pee my pants the whole nine yards. It was, you know, a big situation. So anyway, um, during this time, my now husband, then fiance was being deployed to, um, overseas for a year and my mother didn't want me living on my own. So I ended up moving with her to Florida for a while. So fast forward. Um, I'm on all these medications for this epilepsy and it just it is just a funky time. And there was one day when we were painting our house, our new house, and something just kind of told me. It wasn't like an auditory type thing. It was more of like a gut. Something was like, 
in the corner, look in the top corner of the room, like in my gut. And so I kind of looked up and there was just this very shadowy, like, mm, not a, not a cool, not a good time, not, not a good time going up there. So it was just very shadowy and I'm trying to look for the word. It starts for an O and it's at the tip of my tongue. Um, this, no, I'm just going to let it go. Anyway, was not having that. I was terrified. I bolted out of the house, basically ran like halfway down the street before my mom and her boyfriend were able to catch up with me and be like, what the fuck's your problem? What's wrong with you? Are you okay? Like, and I would not go back in that house. Not at all. And at this point, this is where things kind of get a little fuzzy for me. So, um, I don't remember this at all. This is all based on what my mom told me what happened. <clears throat> so anyway, later that night, we're at my aunt's house. She's our next door neighbor. We're eating dinner there because I wouldn't go back in our old house. <laughs> and as we're eating dinner, my mom said I was like swatting at my food as if there were bugs flying around. And I then excused myself to go to the bathroom. And I guess it was in there for a while. So she came in and said I was like picking at my skin saying there were bugs under my skin and trying to pick them out from under my skin. She also said that my eyes were completely dilated, like no iris at all, just completely black. And she said she tried to wrestle me, but she could, I like apparently was like, had some huge superhuman strength and everything, but she was terrified. Like any mother probably would be walking into that on a mostly healthy child. So she called the um, an ambulance and three EMT guys came out and, and they came in. I apparently I started freaking out and like throwing things at them and like trying to climb up the walls and like just basically trying to get away. And they had to call in two more guys to try and restrain me because apparently I was just so strong. And I'm like, I'm not that big. I'm maybe like 130 pounds <laughs> mm -hmm. for those of you who can't see. So it's not like, you know, I'm much to wrestle with. But anyway. They got me to this hospital and apparently I was telling the doctor that I could like see all these colors and that I knew why everything happened in the entire world and I knew why everything is the way it was and I could see connections and all these weird things and like any doctor would. Um, he baker acted me for three days and um, after that, anyway, I had to go to this, this home and to make things worse, someone, I guess, in the hospital dropped the ball and missed and misput in our insurance. So it came back, they didn't have any insurance. So I ended up going to this like state funded, like mental rehab home. It was so scary. Nobody believed that I had epilepsy. I kept having seizures. Like I just kept feeling like I was never going to leave that place. And I was trying to explain to the doctors, like, listen, I have epilepsy. I have no idea why I'm here. Can you please help me? I need my medicine. And nobody would listen to me. They just treated me like I was a crazy, crazy person. So anyway, I guess I continued to have enough seizures and they were finally like, maybe she should be in a hospital. <laughs> so they finally transferred me back to the hospital that I was originally brought to, to finish out my Baker Act. And as the, um, as the social worker came in to kind of talk to me, this is something I will never forget, but I told her everything that I remembered and everything that, you know, had happened. Cause I talked to my mom, like right before I talked to the social worker, she kind of told me I lost my mind and everything. So, but this social worker, she looks at me and she says, sometimes people are afraid of the truth and want to lock it away because they're afraid of it. 
and she said, don't ever let anyone lock you away. And I, I can hear her saying that in my head to this day. And I, I was never able to find out who she was. I don't know. I guess they said she transferred to a hospital and I was ever, never able to find her or thank her. So, mm. but that's my weird, miraculous experience about a psychosis that may have brought upon a spiritual awakening. So, and ever since then, things have just been very, um, I don't know, I'm just more susceptible to things that people may not be as open to, mm. I guess you could say. Yeah, there's a lot of um, similarities between our stories and experiences. Like, um, I definitely had a thing where I felt like bugs were like crawling on me. At one point, I felt like bugs were inside me. Um, mm -hmm. And as far as somebody like acknowledging something, um, there was this woman who I always perceived as a witch uh, who lived, she lived in the same apartment complex as me when I lived in California. And uh, after I got out of the psych ward, um, it was like, I think it was actually when I was getting ready to move back to o Ohio, um, possibly, I can't remember specifically, but she came up to me and she, uh, I was standing on my patio smoking and she was downstairs uh, and she was like, oh, are you okay? Um, somebody took something from you and they've caused you like great harm and it was like really weird because I wasn't like displaying anything that I could think of that would like give that off and then she kind of was like you need to learn to trust your gut listen to your gut more um and I was like wow this is really trippy and she's like life is one big strange trip and there's like more to that thing but like I can't explain it in a logical way but it was like it's hard isn't it <laughs> this lady was like it was like all reality kind of stopped and was flowing into that one moment and like this lady just confirmed my whole experience as it being valid um mm -hmm. there was also like a lot of invalid stuff in the experience it's it's so hard to like exp I, I i'm sure that you get it but like i don't think other people can it's one of those things i know you I'm have to experience to it, to get it yeah like if you don't know, like, don't ask, wait, I don't forget how that saying goes, whatever. But like, if you know, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you know, you know. For anybody who wants to understand what we're talking about, go psychotic and then have somebody <laughs> like, yeah, have someone like, tell you about it later. <laughs> and for the record, I don't advocate going psychotic. We're trying to do things that make you psychotic. <laughs> no, definitely don't. <laughs> People just don't take no. well to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely true. It's uh, it's interesting to me too. Like um, July twenty second of this year was five years um, from when I went psychotic or around that or so, and it's funny because I never thought I would really be able to talk to it about people, and now here I am kind of laughing about my own experience with it because I'm in a position, and it's like I don't think psychosis is funny because it's really hard for people to to get through from my own personal experience, but it's cool to be in a place with it where it's like, oh, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> that is so crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds like you had a very similar experience and like you were able to uh, flow through it smoothly. Thankfully, yes. <laughs> Thankfully, it, uh, it was definitely something. And, you know, to this day, I, 
I don't expect my family members to understand how I feel, but it does hurt a little bit because to this day my mom still thinks that I was on like some kind of drugs. And I was like, mom, I was a vegetable. Um, I had epilepsy, I couldn't drive. Like I was a mom, like I, there was no way for me to get drugs like that. So I don't know, I think that my mom just has, she's having a hard time maybe accepting like the fact that that could have actually happened to somebody's mind just mm. for a spiritual purpose because somebody was shaking me like wake up look at this world the way it is you are this you are nothing else be this don't try to be anything else it was like someone was shaking me awake yeah that's definitely how mine felt too where it was like uh, there's a concept of spiritual emergency or like spiritual emergence and uh it's supposed to mimic those things where it is like this very abrupt shaking up experience where your whole um concept of reality is shattered yeah all of it was shattered. rip my old life right <laughs> yeah it's one of those things uh there's i want to say it's alan watts or somebody like that but they say um once the toothpaste is out of the tube you can't get it back in <laughs> so it's <laughs> yeah once you see, you can't unsee, so. Exactly. Uh, I'm sorry for cutting you off. Oh, no, I just said very true. That's all I had there. <laughs> okay. Um, this is kind of a fun question. What superpowers do you possess or what superpowers would you want? Well, I guess the superpower that I could say that I have is I have a very, very keen ability to know exactly how people feel know exactly what people want um and that's pretty cool because there's some times where you need to know like how people feel and they'll tell you one thing and you know something else and that's a cool one but if i could have any superpower other than that it would definitely be to either fly or um have telekinesis because sometimes I'm too lazy to get off the couch to get the remote so <laughs> <laughs> that's very honest um <laughs> the thing about like knowing how people really feel that one something that, like I feel that I have because I definitely um am empathic it confuses the shit out of me though sometimes because I feel like I know how people feel but they don't know how they really feel and then like exactly. you can't yeah. have a conversation with them about it because they have all these because layers. They don't even know how they feel. Yeah. And then it's like I can't unblock what's blocking it for them. Exactly. Because they have to come to that conclusion on their own. That's the only way it's going to absorb fully to them. You can tell someone that they're sad but they're not going to realize it until they're fully immersed in their own sadness and they get there by their own doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's probably one of the most frustrating things in life for me. Like, if I get something, I can't make other people get it. Yeah. Sorry, that's my dog, everybody. Her name's Echo, and she likes to bark at everything in the whole world. <laughs> She's got a lot to say. <laughs> she can come on. I'll ask her a question if you want to pick her up. Oh, yeah. It'll be Bark, I'm pretty sure. She's a dog a few words. <laughs> Echo, can you explain your life philosophy to me? Oh, it was a lick. It was love. She licked it was, a, it was a kiss on the nose. That's what it is. <laughs> love everybody. It's a very good message, Echo. You're like the sage of dogs. <laughs> she is. 
What circumstances do you feel shaped your life? Echo did not like that question. No. Um, let's see. Hold on a second. No worries. I just shut the front door. Otherwise, shut the front door. Otherwise, she's gonna keep looking at stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> uh, what circumstances do you feel or what positive? Wait, hold on. I got two questions jumbled. What circumstances <laughs> do you feel shaped your life? Um, you know, I think that for me, especially for anybody, definitely the childhood I had shaped my life. And, you know, I had I was able to experience almost like two totally different childhood childhoods in my life, which is, I'm kind of excited for it. There was the normal, um, happy, healthy childhood where we were comfortable. We didn't have to worry about money. We didn't have to worry about anything. And then um, as I got a little older, my parents went through a really nasty divorce and um, a family member, very one of my immediate family members was uh, succumbed to an addiction issue. Mm. and um so that really shook things up a little bit and um basically flipped everything that I thought was my life upside down completely 180 degrees we went from being comfortable being happy and healthy to being um our house foreclosed on um me not having money for lunch money because I just would never want to ask because I knew that we had money issues and I just didn't feel entitled to ask for help when I was, yeah, I was like 14. So it's not like I could have done anything. I don't know where that came from, but um, just a really tough childhood, especially, you know, being very sensitive and feeling all this pain. Like I was able to deal with my own pain, but then more pain would come up from other people and I wouldn't know how to deal with that. Mm. So um, I think that definitely shaped some things in my life it created some positive things and it also has created a few negative things in my life which I'm still kind of working on getting past and digging deeper and you know finding the true root of that um but that and I also had an incredibly close loving family through everything that we've gone through um I have always been able to see my grandparents um, I was always close to both of my parents, thankfully. Um, I had really great friends. I lived in a nice small town and a good community. I had a good education. So I would say I had a pretty normal childhood, you know, some bumps and bruises, but it helped shape my ideas and perspectives that I have today. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. There's some similar threads in our stories and some of that too. Um, what positive lessons did you learn from your negative experiences? Um, I learned how to forgive. Mm. That was one of the first positive or one of the hardest, like first lessons that I ever really learned, really deep lessons that I learned as a, as a young woman. Um, when that family member came to me and had told me about their substance abuse and the things that they have done to hurt our family, I immediately wanted to like run and hate this person and not want anything to do with them because of what they just did to our family. But in the end, um, I learned that you need to forgive. It doesn't matter how bad something seems and how bad 
something seems that someone can do, you still need to forgive them and you need to love because when you don't forgive people, you not only create more problems in your life, but you create an attention in their life as well. And they have to wrestle with the idea that you're not going to forgive them. And that's, that sometimes can be a really tough thing. So forgiveness is a very, very good thing that I have learned and patience, mm. patience, lots of that. So both of those things are making me uh, tear up a little bit right now because of the situation with my I friend. I kind of see, yes. And that's okay. Let it out, feel it, let it flow. Yeah, it's definitely something uh, where I still have to make it right, I guess, um, for my part in the situation, which was pretty much the bulk of the situation. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, yeah, patience is something that I really struggle with. Uh, I really want to hurry up and be patient. <laughs> like, <laughs> hurry up and be patient. You can have some of my patience. I have plenty. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, I don't want to take your patience, though. <laughs> You're too giving. Hold on to that patience. It's an asset. Don't, don't squander it on me. I, I got to grow my own. <laughs> fair enough that is true that is true <laughs> i appreciate it though um what songs or bands have lyrics that most resonate with you at this moment Ooh, at this moment lately you're gonna laugh your booty off at this one but i have been listening to a lot of enya <laughs> mm. i don't know if anyone knows who that is but she's a i'm pretty sure she's celtic i don't know but it's the music my mom used to listen to when she was cooking. And there's a song that she sings called Paint the Sky with Stars. And I have just been really listening to that song. And then there's another song that has really resonated with me. Um, I am going to freeze my face again so I can find who sings it, but it is a beautiful song. Okay. It is called Let's Be Happy. And I'm gonna find it Gloria here in just a second so I can tell you who sings it but it is just the most lighthearted. it's just that it's like let's be happy why not be happy and I just am in love with that song it is beautiful here we go I'm gonna find it okay it is <laughs> fire chief charlie called let's be happy fire chief charlie yeah I've never even heard of that. It's a very interesting name. Yeah, I guess it's like a really, it's either they're starting off or it just didn't take off. I don't know why, because the song was like, I played it for a week straight and I never got sick of it. <laughs> mm. um, Enya makes me think of like one of the first romantic relationships I was in. Uh, this is back when people would like mix mixed CDs and stuff. Oh, people. yes. Mixed and, CDs. Uh, Those are the days. Uh, the girl I was dating at the time put Enya on there and it was like that one song where it's like who can say where your heart is that Enya yeah that's Enya I thought so I actually remember like she broke up with me a couple days later I was just like crying listening to that like what happened <laughs> why laugh that's such a stereotypical breakup image like <laughs> listening to Enya <laughs> <laughs> I think it is for like women, but not for like a dude. <laughs> I had like my UFO pants on. You remember UFO pants? Yeah. <laughs> I had like UFOs yeah. on and like an independent hoodie, and I'm sitting there crying, listening to Enya. 
it is it's just funny to me now yes at the time not so much though probably. yeah not at all m&m bleach blonde hair <laughs> nice you get the frosted tips there too huh uh no i use hydrogen peroxide i didn't have money to go to <laughs> like anybody to do it i didn't have a girlfriend then to do it either so there you go <laughs> um what i lost my question because i'm too busy goofing off uh what <laughs> philosophy spirituality or religion or religions do you find most aligned with your understanding and please explain them as they apply to you I would say I can't put my finger on just one. I think they all speak the same truth. Mm. I think it doesn't matter whether you are Buddhist, doesn't matter if you are Catholic or Christian or Baptist or Presbyterian or all the other Italians out there or Istians. I think <laughs> as long as you are living your life to make yourself happy and in turn are living your life to make people happy and better this existence as a whole. That is what's important. doesn't matter. Church is not of this world. It's in your heart. And I think that's where a lot of issues come from today. I personally just got over my fear of like the Catholic God. I was raised very Catholic and went to CCD classes and had all the confirmations and all that jazz and I carried a lot of fear of God into my adulthood even knowing as silly as it was to be afraid of a big man in the sky who was gonna like shoot me down with lightning if I did something bad like it was still a fear in the back of my head I'm like I'm not a bad person but I've done bad things and if I don't you know um admit or forgiveness to these things I'm gonna go to a bad place and I just have a really hard time thinking that a loving God, a loving God who would create such a beautiful world and planet and all these people would send these people to a bad place just for being human and learning. And that's why I think I just had a really hard time with Catholicism. Mm -hmm. But there's also um, some good truth to it. There's some good um, meanings behind the, the stories in the Bible. And they all, you know, some of them are a little out there, but who am I to say I'm open-minded, you know, I try not to put anything too down. Um, but I would just say that I kind of float in and out of all of them and just take them all for what they are, a lesson on how to love each other. Mm. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. I can understand that. Um, that's pretty much what my philosophy is too, like is, I want to say it's called omnism where you believe there's truth in all religions and it's like, yeah my concept is like source energy whatever is like this main thing and you know how they have like those people that go out and collect coins at like christmas that's like what every other god of every other religion is is like that but they bring all the coins back to like the main hub does that make sense you're like look at all the coins i have yeah that is like about coins but it's about like that love or understanding so yeah. like, or like prayers like they collect all the prayers and attention but they take it back to the the main thing that isn't like anything it's just like this nebulous whatever yes it's the truth <laughs> it's true <laughs> yeah i'm i'm really big on taoism so like taoism is kind of the same concept where it says everything is tao 
essentially. Like, you can be out of touch with Tao, but everything is Tao. So all those other religions are like subdivisions of the one true source thing. Yeah. I guess that's a way, way more cohesive way to say what I was trying to express originally than no, that's good. collecting coins. <laughs> um, no, that's totally good. I'm moving to my couch now because, yeah, couch time. I like your artwork. <laughs> What's that? I said I had to plug my phone in, so I had to move to the couch. Oh, right on. <laughs> um, what do you perceive as your life's purpose? Hmm. I am going to say this, and I think that my life's purpose is to drag people into the light, <laughs> to, to put it lightly, <laughs> to put it lightly, because, and I say that because um, I'm not one to give up on people. Mm -mm, no way. Not here. I, uh, I want everyone to feel the love and the light in everything that this world and this universe has to offer. I want them to feel the beauty and experience all of these things. And I think my purpose is going to be to help people get there through either my artwork or just personality. I don't know how exactly I'm going to get there, but I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm. I definitely, I vibe with that. I mean, for me, one of the things is, I want to help people get in touch with their darkness too, because so many people are like afraid to actually work in that space and heal that space where it's like, I'm, I'm like the gray dude in the middle of the door. Basically it's like, yeah, you can come in. Oh, you want to go here? Come on. I'll show you where your seat is. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It's a really weird position to be in, but I have a lot of respect for anybody that wants to help people find alternative ways to deal with things. And like, get them outside of themselves in like a healthy way and actually maybe not get them outside of themselves get them inside of themselves to where they can like start to pull out that that rot that they've let be there and like yeah. remove all those um ghosts of the past that are like echoing around in their soul yes that is a really that's a good one i'll show them the lightness you can show them the darkness and yeah It'll be good. Like the yin and the yang. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, what do you perceive? I already asked you that question. I'm going to ask it twice. The question said I had to ask it twice. Um, <laughs> what do you need to do that you, to feel that you are working towards your life's purpose? Can you repeat the question? <laughs> yep. Um, what do you need to do to feel that you are working towards your life's purpose? Oh, hmm. What do I need to do to feel like I'm working towards my life's purpose? I need to paint. Mm. <laughs> sure. um, painting is definitely my way of almost aligning myself and becoming with my higher self. So when I paint, I'm able to like almost download all these things that I need to know, which help bring me to where I need to be. Mm. So paint and um, like I said before, also making a positive influence on people and in their lives. I feel like that's something that I need to do. I don't know why, but I just feel like that has to be something that needs to be done. <laughs> so just kind of show up and be Callie Jean Fox Blake. Yeah, yeah, I can do that for sure. Maybe paint you a picture too. I can play you a song on my tambourine if you want, like whatever. 
<laughs> vibe with people, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, you just have to like be who you are, essentially. That's that's the best way to achieve your goal, I feel like. So many people yeah. think that like that life purpose is this big extravagant thing, and it's like I know that that's how I really felt, but it's like, what if I accomplish that by simply doing what I love to do? And I don't put any pressure on like putting a watermark of it or just like anything like that, where it's like, I can just be Ross Cessna and I can touch people by being authentic and not trying to touch people just by like doing what I do and be like, yeah, it'll resonate with people. Some people won't like it. Other people won't even pay attention to it. <laughs> like so. Okay. Yes. The easiest way to a true purpose, I guess. Just be yourself. Be Absolutely. Yourself. That brings to mind that like saying, be yourself, everyone else is taken. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Uh, uh, this is probably one of the hardest questions that a lot of people look at me like, what? If you had to describe your personal philosophy or condense your life experiences into like two or three words, what would it be? All right, condensing my life experiences into two or three words. That one read with me, so I'm gonna try and do that. Okay. Everything is still. Everything always stills out. The ripple in the water can only ripple for so long before it's just flat and is still and is peaceful. Damn, that's so profound. Um, I'm going to get off on this really quick tangent. Okay, go for it. Everything is still is like, when I was a kid, I actually share this at like beginning of lots of speeches and things like that that I've done. But when I was a kid, there was this bathtub outside of the house that I grew up in, in Columbiana. And in the bathtub, there was like a little goldfish pond. And I can remember and turning backwards to it, because the porch is like here, and the bathtub's here and I turned backwards and I trust fell into it and like that turbulent impulsivity that created all those ripples is like such the analogy of my life and then everything is still is like what I'm trying to achieve I mean even with everything I've been going through lately it's still ripples but like I would have gotten high I would have gotten drunk I would have done all sorts of destructive things to myself to like deal with the situation and make the ripples worse. Mm -hmm. What I actually did was just still myself. And it doesn't mean that there still wasn't ripples of like all this old bullshit, but I feel like it really is stilling out and not in just like a, like in this instance thing, but like in my soul, I feel like that situation is smoothing out to where, those behavioral patterns are being processed through this one because I didn't cover it up with anything. I didn't run from the feelings. I didn't hide it. I talked about it and dealt with it. So it's like, it's what I needed to hear in so many ways. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever heard the um, saying, hear the silence behind the sound? I believe I have heard a variation of that, yes. Everything still kind of makes me think like that, too. Everything's quiet. Yes. There is a stillness and a quietness underneath everything. Mm -hmm. And if you can find that and appreciate that, then you're right where you need to be. Mm. That's one of the things that I think that 
I get hung up on. I think a lot of people get hung up on it too. I think that's a very good point to make is so many of us want to be somewhere else. We want to have something that we don't have. We want to do all this other shit or like we're always looking on the horizon, but right now is actually what matters. Like we can't change anything beyond this moment. And what if the things that we're fretting about in the future are determined by, excuse me, how we react in this moment, like how we handle this moment. And I think so many people get lost in the moment ahead that they forget how to handle the moment now. Wow. You just, now you said something I needed to hear. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. It's a, it's a very small payback for you saying all those things. You gave me like three or four. <laughs> I gave you one. I'm stingy with it. <laughs> no, I really needed to hear that. That was beautiful. Here's the real trip though. That was catalyzed by what you said. So did I really give you anything? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> oh i know it's so funny we can always give our friends the best advice but we can never take our own it is really funny i mean like i've been freaking out about this situation and like people will tell me stuff and i'm like well i talked about that on my podcast and it's like i understand it but mm -hmm. like actually remembering it when when things are going on it's like Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I already know this, but you need to tell me, and it's great that I heard it, but yeah, it's like I need people to bring me back to me sometimes. Yes. You get so flustered in a moment. You're just like, oh, I don't know what I want to talk about. What cheese? What? Ah, help me. Help me. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's helped. To, it's nice to have people pull you back and be like, hey, remember this place? Sit down here and just relax. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to talk about cheese, that would be Gouda. I, uh... Oh, girl, I'm the cheese queen. I'm so bad. I tried to be vegan, but I'm like, cheese is too good. <laughs> <laughs> I could give up ice cream, but damn, I can't do the cheese. It's too hard. <laughs> I wonder what vegan cheese would be like, because I know cheese is dairy, but there has to be like yeah. some kind of vegan. Vegan cheese, cheese is good, but it's not, it's not cheese. What is it That's made out of? No, like nuts and carrots and I don't know, magic. <laughs> magic. <laughs> Unicorn tears and fairy yeah. tales or fairy whiskers. Wait, fairies don't have whiskers. Mermaid tails, you know, mm. the whole nine yards. <laughs> Those are all uh, sustainably harvested as fallen off scales. They're not, <laughs> they're not taken off of them in a violent way. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> um, who inspires you? I think I can't put my finger on one person that inspires me because literally every person that I come in contact to every day gives me some sort of inspiration. Mm. Humanity inspires me. There we go. How about that? That's awesome. I don't think that I, I've necessarily heard it articulated that way before, but I really like that you said it that way because when you have like this limitless pool of inspiration, you're just going to keep on rising because I, I always go back to this analogy and I'm sure people that listen get tired of hearing it, but it's like when you put your inspiration on these intangible people that are like so far removed from what your reality is, mm -hmm. it really casts a shadow on you because you have no way of interacting with them. I shouldn't say no way, but 
it really minimizes you. But when you have this like local inspiration, it's attainable and sustainable and always present. Yes, that is very true. When your inspiration is limitless, the things that you can do are also limitless. Yeah, absolutely. I dig it. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before I get to the last little doodad on our chat? Oh boy, I could just fall down the rabbit hole for the sake of time. I think I'm, I'm good. I've gotten everything out that I mostly need to. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah, you can come back on sometime if you want to, and it'll be more of oh, like love to. a discussion and interview. Um, awesome. I'd, I'd be honored. Okay, I've asked previous guests to end the show in their own fashion. You don't have to, but you can have the last word. The last words. Um, well, I would definitely say there are a lot of things and a lot of stimuli and a lot of ideas about how we should each live our life. And it can be a really confusing place out in this world. Trust me, I've been searching for my whole life to find what works for me. But when it comes down to it, try everything. Try everything because you never know what's going to work for you. Um, like, for example, I don't know. I've been trying to figure out the best way to eat for me. I've been trying the paleo diet. I tried being vegan. I tried a juice cleanse. I tried vegetarian. And what works for best for me doesn't really fit into a specific mm, box, I guess, a, a specific word box. So don't limit your life experiences to ones that are only in the English language. Make up your own words for your life experience, you know? Mm. Same thing with religions like we talked about. Don't feel like you need to be put into a certain box. You can take a little bit from every box and make your own shape if you want to, you know? Mm -hmm. Don't believe, don't follow, do not consume, do not watch. Largely what I'm talking about here is reclaiming experience. This is what's been taken from us. It's a self advancing, self-expanding, self-defining process, and it takes no prison. The real world isn't a spiritual world, it isn't a material world, it isn't an empty world, it isn't a solid world, it's simply...